And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, third time's a charm. We're going to talk about the return of Kevin Durant. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back to the glue guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Oof, I don't know. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter at BK glue guys, nets daily.com. The athletic get yourself behind that paywall. The athletic.com slash glue guys, Apple podcast, five stars ratings. We want to, we need to, we have to have Brian, Michael, the nets are back. We did it. You know who's We're, back? Yeah. Who's back? <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Made That's a, a name. That's a name I've heard before. <laughs> we looked pretty good out there tonight, Mike. Did you watch the game? Have you been watching the games? How furious are you? I'm furious that he didn't play until what minute? Like the fifth minute or the the five yeah, minute mark? They, they rolled him out around seven forty in the second. So there. damn Netsian. Yeah. Just do the normal thing. Just well, put him out there. Run we, him out there. Thirty eight minutes. Let him get his wind back under him. We no, were watching, we were doing some, some Twitch streaming and a prescient poster Plasmac theorized aloud in the chat that it was potentially due to the fact that Paul George and the Clippers had had that, that gaffe uh, early on in the season that you know, <laughs> they didn't manage his minutes. And by crunch time, Paul George was on the outside looking in and he predicted that they were staggering the, um, you know, these protected, these, these these precious minutes towards the end of the game. But it was a good take. I mean, we didn't need it. That's an amazing take. It was pretty good. And, you know, we did, we did have like 30 straight minutes of garbage time. So we didn't, we didn't end up needing it. Got a, clo- <laughs> got a close look at some TLC action. Um, Woo. I don't a know. Hefty I at, two for 13 from three. I looked at his March. I, let's not do this because, you know, he's yeah, 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 that's not, that's he, this pod's not about tender that's, loving care. That's it's not, about the, yeah, that's right. Kill and destroy. Um, Mike, I'm glad that we had, we were going to pod maybe yesterday. We got busy. We we might have had takes yeah. about Marcus Aldridge that wouldn't have aged well based on tonight's game. <laughs> well, I still think I, think I may is, need to say them. <laughs> this is going to be this is well, going to be. Let's start thing with go. Kevin Durant, Brian. Oh, okay. Let's sorry, not sorry. jump to Lamarcus Aldridge. Well, I just figured it's it's not news. He's Kevin Durant. He looked amazing. He hit all of his shots. Yeah. He was perfect. It yeah, was, he was, was awesome. perfect. Yeah, he was. He was a perfect human again. I guess that's news, but you know, that's what I expect, but I guess it's news. Came in, scored how many points? 17 points. He's yeah, five for like five hundred points in five seconds. <laughs> uh, he had seven rebounds and five assists. He almost had a quadruple double because he had six turnovers and that would have been really do turnovers count as part of the, like the, the number double. Only you know if you're I mean? doing like an upside down version, if you're doing a Wario version of the, what? 
What would be a Warrior triple double? It would be <laughs> that's foul turnover. out of the game. <laughs> Turnovers, ten turnovers. misses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would have to miss ten straight shots, something like yeah. that. That would be yeah. the, uh, so. So it was not a Wario. It, it wasn't a even a War Luigi. It was a <laughs> Mario game. It, he, no. Our guy Kevin Durant was out there popping those turtle shells, eating <laughs> eating mushrooms and yeah. spitting out fireballs. He could have been on shrooms. He could have been microdosing the way he was shooting. <laughs> it's possible. Um. As 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 silly as we are right now, Brian, mm-hmm. um, it's a real thing. He, he, to make a comeback, okay, to play your first game back, um, and to take a charge from Zion Williamson. I think mm. you know if we're going to be the biggest thing I saw tonight. If this is a new segment, the biggest thing I saw, okay. the biggest thing I saw was that Kevin Durant took a charge from Big Z, which actually ended up being a blocking foul. But still, the thought was there. The thought is what counts. It would have been better if he had taken the charge directly to the injured hamstring just to prove how <laughs> how well it's mended, how it's perfectly fine. If he had just arranged his body to take all of Zion directly to the hamstring, that would have been better. But Can we fine. rush out a hamstring specialist out to uh, HHS practice center? Can we please? I know... I think it's Dr. Riley Williams is the 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 Nets chief physician. Um, and you're, t- you're, you're trying to tell me that Riley doesn't know his hamstrings. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I know he knows his joints. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is he a soft tissue expert? I'm not <laughs> challenging him. I'm just asking because the Nets have an extreme. Mm. Um, there's there's a sickness. There's a dating, virus. Dating back to the to the Jeremy Lin ham ham <laughs> fiasco. <laughs> Right, and that's hate I mean, their ham so much they they must be orthodox, right? You know? yeah. <laughs> Good, Eesh. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, hamstring. Come on, can we fix that issue? But anyways, Kevin Durant looked good, and you know, I want to kind of have this debate with you. This this issue. I don't know if you've been seeing this uh, discussion. It seems like the thing that is most talked about now about the Brooklyn Nets. This team has gone through so many waves of hot takes over the ESPN first take um, mm. sort of saga. You know, it's like they're unbeatable and then they're bad and they make the hardened trade. They're going to be terrible because how could you share the ball? They seem to be sharing the ball. Blake Griffin comes here. Marcus Aldridge comes here. The super team. And now that Harden is hurt, uh, the, the concern is that this team won't be able to gel in time, that the big three how we'll, we'll not have been able to play for enough games. Does that, does it concern you? I'm not even saying does it concern you. What I want to know is, is there any amount of diminishment? Is there a diminishing effect because those guys won't be able to play together? Cause I, I think there is I'm not saying it's concerning, but I think there is a diminishing effect because well, they're not playing together. I wanted to argue, but it sounds like we're on the same page here because yeah, of course I think that that's like a, um, if there's any questions, if we're building up a, you know, ESPN first take style, you know, lower thirds of like questions for the Nets going into yeah. the postseason, it's definitely their lack of playing minutes together for sure. And it's a good meme. And it actually kind of makes the postseason that much more interesting because it's still like, you know, there's a big article from The Ringer about, um, you know, how the Nets are using, how Steve Nash is using the Nets currently as just like a, you know, experiment in, in the regular season. A lineup laboratory. That's right. You, you, yes, you've read it. You saw it. Well, I don't even know if they use that phrase, um, but how could you not alliterate? I know they said laboratory in there. So if they don't put lineup in there, then shame on those editors. And the thing is they're missing, they're missing the basics. You know, they don't have, 
they're not carbon, you know, so it's just oh. the, you know, the foundations, because we don't know what our big three looks like when they play together. So these experiments are interesting and, you know, yielding great results. And I'm very confident, but at the same time, there's some, there's some very key core things missing from our knowledge base. I'm not worried about it again, but it would be, it would be nice to know. It'd be nice to know. Yeah. I think it just means that the Nets are maybe going to lose one game in the playoffs. And then the rest will be, you know, be three sweeps. And then maybe in the finals, it will go to five games against mm-hmm. the Lakers. I think maybe that's the diminishing effect. Um, yeah. So I like, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a pushback against the narrative type of person, a contrarian. Some might call me and uh, I've never been, I would never be called that in my life, but um, like, I would like to say to you, not a big deal. Like, I don't think it's a big deal. But it does matter, right? Like it matters that those three guys aren't playing on the floor. It's not even those three guys. It's like the rest of the team, the whole team hasn't had a chance to gel. Now, I don't know if a lot of teams have. If you look at the contenders across the entire NBA, the Sixers have had Embiid out of the lineup, and now he's back in. The Lakers obviously had Anthony Davis out of the lineup and LeBron out of the lineup. Um, The Nuggets have had stability, but Jamal Murray has been bad to begin the year, bad off of what his normal standards were. And then they added Aaron Gordon. The team looks really good. Mm. Um, we should probably take them seriously. The The Clippers had some trades that, that moved guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, the Bucks have been pretty stable, but they even lost Drew Holiday for a bunch of games at one point. So like all the contenders, they've all had these things. Obviously the Nets, though, it's been bigger because it, it goes from you have KD and Kyrie. They trade for Harden. At one point, Kyrie goes on his sabbatical. Um, Kevin Durant gets hurt with a hammy. He's out for, what, six weeks or something? It was a long time. It like a long time. And now Harden's out just as we were waiting for Kevin Durant to return. Um, so it's a thing. I wouldn't freak out about it. Like, I, you know, the one thing that this team has already proven is its flexibility. Mm. It, it is more flexible than a Russian gymnast, Michael. Oh, <laughs> I said Michael. I'm like talking to myself right now. <laughs> It's embarrassing. Yeah, because um, you're, you're in daddy mode. You've been talking to yourself. Dad, I want to bring it up. I want to bring don't it up. Bring it up. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Let's put. We're gonna talk. I because I do. We need to talk with Marcus Aldridge, as you said. Oh. I want to bring up a few other things, but you feel you're in a good place with Kevin Durant. I'm guessing after. Are you surprised by the performance? Uh, gosh, no. I mean, to the, you know, I'm still, the only thing I was, I was like, why is he like on the exercise bike in the first quarter? It was concerning on superficial levels, but <laughs> you know, as soon as you see him, he's such a natural, it's just not, it's not a, uh, he's not the guy I worry about with regards to rust, I guess. You know what I love that the Nets are doing is that, uh, and Steve Nash is the one that's vocalizing this is that. So when Harden gets hurt, they go, if, Hart, if it was a playoff game, Harden would play. And they said that about Kevin Durant a month ago. They said mm-hmm. if it was a playoff game, Kevin Durant would play, but we're being extra cautious. And then they got the additional MRI, and then that came up you know, with uh, more, more injury than they thought. Um, I want to like that phrase. You know, I like a good phrase like that. Like that mm-hmm. puts you in a frame where I'm like, okay, if it was a playoff game, I get it. I get that threshold of pain. Um. I've actually seen some criticism of the Nets for how they're handling these injuries. I mean, I don't, this team is number one, the best team in the East right now, and they haven't had their full complement of talent. Who? So I don't, how could you be upset with like, how, how could you criticize what the Nets are doing in the situation? Who's doing this? Who's doing these criticisms? People. Just people. Get them, get them out of here. Chuck them. 
let's do this. A quick break. Coming back. Kyrie Irving appreciation. There's going to be some of that. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge thoughts. And we'll mix him in with the rest of the Nets bigs. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Mike, I wanted to do a little shout out to a super fan, a person on the Mount Rushmore of the podcast, Matt Parker, who approached me with this really cool project that he's been working on, which is called the Open Air Collective. Um, so we're people who love the earth, Mike, you, ostensibly. I don't know. I haven't checked in with you about this, and I'm not sure one way or another you're shaking your head no so you're on my radar but i i for what i'm looking out and so i think everyone else might you know take some time to think about whether they want to live on a planet in the future and matt parker has you know got the giddy up to go do something about it and he started this thing called the open air collective which i think everyone should go check out openaircollective.com there's a newsletter on there there's a discord server it's basically a way that you can find out how to like maximize effort for impact impact for effort on this, you know, climate changey front thing. Um, I think it's a really cool uh, idea and I do unironically think that you should go check this stuff out. That's my little, that's my little plug, Mike. Okay. Thanks everybody. Brian, I want to do something here because you and I are about sharing feelings and uh, giving appreciation to people that maybe don't get it as much as they should. Um, and I'm going to do this now. I think Kyrie Irving deserves appreciation. Is he the Nets MVP? No. Um, whoa, whoa, wow. But <laughs> as much as we obsess over when's Kevin Durant going to come back and he's back, or uh, is, is James Harden the NBA MVP? Is he the MVP of the league? Um, which is totally valid and, and a great argument to have. Kyrie Irving has been amazing this year when he's played. You know, you mm-hmm. got to add that caveat. Um He's having the best year of his career. You know, you could quibble. I'm sure we could, you know, you could go down the basketball reference, which I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's averaging more points than he's ever averaged in his career. He's Mm -hmm. third in assists so far this year in terms of his career. Mm -hmm. Best assist to turnover ratio. He's shooting like seven threes a game on about 40%. Just a devastating offensive force. I think probably his best defensive season. Not that I've been watching all those Cavs games, but. I think he's been good. You know, it, it, to me, it's more of an indication of like how much talent this team really has. Yeah. The fact that a, Kyrie's averaging 28 points a game and about six assists and about five rebounds and no one cares. Just it doesn't has, has it has no effect on the greater NBA. Yeah. And and it just it, it flies at the radar. I don't know if he's going to be second team or third team all NBA. I'm sure he won't. Um, but just Kyrie Irving appreciation. He's incredible. And he had dunk. He had a dunk 
against the Pellies. In like back-to-back games, he's been dunking. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day, which is just that like we have, again, we're such gluttons at the moment for for talent and like just spectacular basketball that it's almost hard to kind of for pleasure glutton glutton for pleasure sure uh yeah is that well yeah by the way there's a really sorry sorry to cut you but there was a really good story on uh the cut which is part of the new york magazine's brands of there's a there's a woman who interviewed the man who posted her feet onto like a foot fetish website it's like a really Mm -hmm. fun Speaking of glutton for pleasure, just read there's, that. There's a whole I'll point you towards that. A giant, like a giant internet indexing system for celebrities' feet. Like there, it could be that your feet are on the internet. In this, I'm not going to even name <laughs> what the URLs feet are. It's possible. It's unless that. If how, that's how, are, unless if there's yeah. a whole subgroup just into like hairy toes, which you're working with some hobby. Sure, <laughs> sure there are. Um, no, but oh, this yeah, this guy, the story. You should read it. The, this guy posted this writer's feet. Mm-hmm. on that site it's called WikiFeet, or that's one that's of the it. places yeah wiki feet that's the repository and and it yeah there's a restriction this is amazing subculture you have to have an imdb page in order to post the person's foot like so now now lebron can get up there finally <laughs> because of space jam space jam too yeah um but this the, the woman that journalist whose feet were posted on there without her knowing she interviewed the guy who posted and he was just not even brutally honest. It's not brutal. He was just open and honest about his love of feet. Yeah. So don't know why we're on that road, but we're mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, we, I think we were talking about <laughs> gluttons of pleasure and the hope people are to on the YouTube feet, page so. <laughs> just to see Brian's eyeballs go. Let me grab that thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, no, it was just, it was just, it was interesting that once we talked about gluttons of pleasure, your brain went to, yeah, what I'm assuming good. is your foot fetish now. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So the thought that I was, <laughs> that I was having was about how like it's really hard to just appreciate all the things all at once. Like, you know, not just the top level play from our best players, but like imagine just watching if two years ago or three years ago watching ascendant play of Nick Claxton and Bruce Brown. You know, it wouldn't it's impossible to imagine because it'd be in a different situation. It's a different you know, universe and who, you know, but I'm just saying it's like, there's so many good things happening simultaneously that it's sort of hard to even talk about it really. You know, there's not like, there's not a, there's not a whole lot of pain points right now to talk from podcast, like as a podcaster, like it's hard to, you know, we used to be able to like dog, um, Jared Jack for 50 minutes or whoever, you know, <laughs> Jared <laughs> Jack are, was a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Darren Williams was the ultimate, but yeah, that was a lot of content, whole oceans of, of podcast content I spills. Miss those. I miss that energy. That's the energy yes. I like. Those are spicy days, but there's nothing there's, I mean, what, what are we going to like? We're going to, we're talking about the fringes here. We're eking out like 5% more efficiency at most <laughs> with this team because everything is clicking, which leads me to LaMarcus Aldridge, Perfect. which is, Look at that. <laughs> which is, that's why I got us on feet. Right, <laughs> right. Big perfect. old, big toed Lamarcus, <laughs> um, which is uh, vacillating for me. I don't have, an, I still, I don't think I have enough information to know whether this is going to work. But I will say, I'm fairly surprised and/or shocked the, at how heavy the DNP hammer has fallen on DeAndre Jordan. I mean, that that came down like a ton of bricks, and uh, I guess yeah. I was. I mean, I guess I just wasn't expecting it. You know, I just thought it would be a slow phase out, but it was the guillotine is what he got. Yeah. The yeah. the D and DeAndre's for DNP. I mean, it's it's <laughs> you're you're on en fuego. Oh, uh, that's embarrassing. Um, 
Yeah. So DeAndre Jordan, what's interesting is so Seth Bartnow from The Athletic, who used to be the head of analytics for the Milwaukee Bucks, he had a, you know, he does a weekly sort of analytical look around at the NBA. And one of his things was about LaMarcus Aldridge. And, you know, Seth went in skeptically about the Nets signing LaMarcus Aldridge. He said specifically, guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, teams trying to figure out whether that person is useful ends up being more of a negative than even the positive they find out that he is useful. Like the, the journey isn't, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. You know what I'm saying? Um, sure, sure, oh gosh, sorry. But so, and, and Seth had this point, in the 10 games before LaMarcus arrived, Nick Claxton, you know, the favorite son of Brooklyn, he was getting 21 minutes per game. His effective field goals percentage was 58%. And the Nets were outscoring opponents by 17 points per 100 possession, possessions with Claxton on the floor. And in the first three great games of Aldridge's arrival, which I think was before this current game, Claxton had just gotten 13 minutes. So his minutes dropped by eight minutes per game. And all of that was coming with the DNP DeAndres that we were seeing. Um, to bring it back to your point, that the Nets just have like this like amazing palace of pleasures on the basketball court where we have to kind of get angry about small things. Um, I'm not even going to say I'm getting angry about Aldridge. I'm kind of still holding on to my original take, which is I'm a little concerned, and that's all. My concern is rooted in the fact that, I mean, the guy, what did he have today? He had like 20 points or something. Yeah. And hyper efficient. Um, I still think I'm a little worried about the amount of shots he's putting up for someone who the best role, the best version of Marcus Aldridge on this team is if the ball swings to him and he's wide open in the mid range, sure. Take it, but don't, don't do like the back down, muscle, 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 post-up moves. Like, I don't want to see that, but he's been good. So to to be upset about LaMarcus Aldridge is like, I am dumb. I am dumb for doing that because um, he's been good. Yeah, I, w- I would say like even in the worst case scenario, and again, I'm, I've kind of moved off of worst case scenario. Um, even if there was a worst case scenario, the consequences are not that grave. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Like he's not, unfortunately, despite how amazing that take was, he's not going to be the muscle anal canal canal that like you can <laughs> say. So, I, say I, I meant to say anal canal, like where you shoot them like into the anus of the death star. Oh, <laughs> but I said, you, but I said anal back- canal. <laughs> It's so, back to the, the yeah, but you just need yeah. to put the Death Star before you the missile anal canal, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I, I, I we, botched it. What do you want from me? Like, I'm not, orient not, ourselves. I'm not a perfect person. Um, this show, I it mean, is sloppy. This is sloppy. What are we, here. I mean, we had three opens. My fault. It's 10 it's 10 44. I mean, what are you gonna do? We're talking about feet, foot fetishes. Who's we? Is, who's we? we? I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're talking about anal canals, which is fine. Yeah, whatever it's people the, want to not just anal canals, anal canals of the Death Star, which we compared which, yes. to Lamarcus Aldridge. We did un- but- very unfairly. But that's what I'm saying is that's the that's the weakness. <laughs> what is it? The missile thing where they shoot the womp rat sized missile thing. Yeah, Jalen Jalen Urso's flaw. Jalen yeah. Urso put that in the he, design. He does not have the that. ability to be that big of a flaw, unfortunately. 
or fortunately, I should say. I don't think yeah. that he's like a glaring enough weakness that you can target Lamarcus Aldridge and like have that be a way to eke out wins. It's just it ain't it. That's not going to be the way to do it. I guess my final test to prove me completely wrong, which he's already proving me completely wrong. I think he listens to our show and he's he hates me. He's motivated by by my takes. I think the final flaw is or the final test is like when Harden is back and KD and Kyrie and Harden are all playing together. Then how many shots does LaMarcus Aldridge take? How much of the offense does he take up? Because he, again, that's just like, you kind of want those three guys to shoot the ball all the time. And if they're not shooting the ball while they're on the floor, Joe Harris should be putting up threes. Um, the kind of thing I always liked about DeAndre is that he never cared about getting the ball. Never. And as much as like people on Nets Twitter love to like bash on DeAndre Jordan, which again, I don't really get because he's part of the reason why Katie and Kyrie are here. Now you could say that the reason why he's here is because of them, but I, I think the Nets willingness to give DeAndre Jordan $10 million a year is part of why they feel comfortable about being here. Um, I, he just never wanted the ball. And I, I enjoyed that. Um, so I just wonder if Marcus Aldridge is not going to want to want the ball, but he's been incredible. He's been efficient. <clears throat> yeah. When he's had the ball, things it's worked good. out for the it's most a part. Good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really like an extra whole layer of spacing. It's pretty, slick. it's a different weapon. Like, mm-hmm. and it's the funny thing to think about is where we were obsessing over the Bruce Brown at center thing mm-hmm. earlier in the year. And because he was occupying a space on the floor that just wasn't being utilized, like just no one was kind of cutting to the basket and doing what he was doing. LaMarcus Aldridge is that too, but way bigger. And he's just operating. I mean, actually, the Nets are probably one of the best mid-range shooting teams because KD is the best mid-range shooter, if not Bradley Beal is. And, and um, Kyrie is pretty elite there too as well. Kyrie's amazing. And Harden just doesn't do it, which which that's that's why I like. If you can, if you can call a, a floater a mid-ranger, I don't know. You can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But it is a tough thing. I just, I, I'm, I'm going to continue to monitor. You know, there was a moment in the game. I think it was early in the third quarter. I don't know if the Nets were running a zone, but for some reason, Lamarcus Aldridge was at the top of the key guarding Lonzo Ball, and like mm. he was, he was like guarding him. It wasn't just like he was standing up straight and hoping that Lonzo Ball would pass. Like he was like in a defensive position, mm-hmm. ready to guard. Um, the thing I am concerned about, if we're going to be concerned, concerned cops. Um, Nick Claxton, you know, Nick Claxton, I, he, I want him to get a lot of minutes. He got minutes in this game. This game was a blowout. That's something I'm going to be monitoring. I want Nick Claxton to get minutes, but then again, it's a a situation. We didn't even talk about Blake Griffin. Yeah. Well, I was going to say this, if I can just piggyback off of what you were saying, Piggy, I was, I can't remember which game it was maybe two games ago, not Charlotte. Maybe it was Charlotte. I don't know. We were struggling. It was in the loss. I do believe it was in the game that we lost. Who did we lose to? I can't even remember. They're all blending together. Who do the Nets lose to? I don't even remember anymore. The Bulls. Yes. The Bulls. <clears throat> During that Bulls game, uh, they were running a lot of LaMarcus and Blake Griffin together. Um, they did that a little mm-hmm. bit tonight. And I, I have noticed that I don't like those minutes as much. I think that that's where, you know, staggering, you know, putting, putting LaMarcus with Bruce Brown or heckin alizé johnson or whatever and then um alizé's got something to him. alizé's definitely got something to him and then you know blake griffin with his nick claxton they need that adrenochrome they need to sap some life from the young people around them in order for it to click because <laughs> if they're if they're just going to be crusty together 
it's a crust overload. We all OD on the crust. So they do need a little bit of that. It's a sourdough. It's a tough one to get through. And, once you get to uh, it, once you get through the crust, I mean, I like the crust, but once you get through the crust, it's good, but the crust can be overwhelming sometimes. Really? You get overwhelmed by sourdough crust. Sometimes, yeah. I have soft and, teeth. Soft teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that is soft. To not get through a loaf of bread. <laughs> that is dangerous. You should get that looked at. But yeah, anyways, I um I just I just remember thinking, like, have it in a note somewhere that like I don't like Lamarcus Aldridge with Blake Griffin that much. I think that that's a little bit, you know. A little bit slow and plodding, and they're trying to go to their back to the basket game more often than I would like when they play together for some reason. So that's my big criticism. That's my we're again we're zeroing in on like the three percent thing here, whereas everything else is working so so super well for this team. Yeah, I think I was it that specific lineup that Steve Nash said something like, "We tried it and I don't like it." I think it was it was too Did big they, lineup. That's amazing because I hadn't seen that quote and that 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 makes me feel. That makes me feel like connected to Steve Nash in a new way. You know? Yeah, he he specifically said, I don't know if it was the Blake LaMarcus lineup, but he and people were probably yelling like it was, it was. But there was some lineup where they're running out two bigs. LaMarcus Aldridge was one of them. Um, but he was basically like, I don't like what happened. I don't like how that looked. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, yeah, it's. I, I mean, I again, I think Blake Griffin's been better. I This is what I hoped Blake Griffin would be. This version, you know, defensively, it's not as, he's not like as switchy and fun as I wanted, but like what, you know, he doesn't have that athleticism that he used to have. Um, it, I mean, what are you going to do? It, the, the, it is going to be an interesting lineup. Let me ask you this question. Forget about it. My whole take at the beginning of all of this chicanery that the Nets were going through, trying to figure out their their center. Before Blake got on the team, before LaMarcus got on the team, and maybe the Nets were hunting Andre Drummond, was that it just gives Steve Nash pitches, right? The old Mike Mussina uh, parable. Um, I don't know if parable. I don't think parable is the right word. Is it's it? parable. It's parable. It's parable. A fable, even. <laughs> um, do the Nets need a more exact center rotation going to the playoffs? Meaning, not just like, hey, Steve Nash, you can throw a bunch of pitches. Like one game, it could be 20 minutes of Blake and 20 minutes of LaMarcus and then eight minutes of Katie at the five. And the next game, it's Nick Claxton and yeah. uh, Jeff Green. Do you think the Nets need a firm big man rotation or can we still be Mike Mussina? Can we still be throwing a bunch of different pitches? I'm, I'm open to the idea that the talent level on this team is such that we can continue to be malleable. I kind of like it. It's interesting. You know, I grew up, let me take you way back. I have, you know, Anthony Morrow behind me. Let me take you even further back behind that. If you're, this is for the YouTube people, the podcast, people can't see Anthony Morrow behind me. Yeah. Brian literally has a picture of Anthony Morrow behind him. Just to commemorate. I think every, every, for every pod, I'm going to have a new guy back here. Just, just for the heck of it. Um, But back in Byron Scott's Nets Mm. coaching days, I remember you were able to like set your watch by <laughs> by when Lucius Harris would come in with three minutes to go in the first quarter. That was that was a lot, it was like a Swiss train. He was coming in. Carrie <laughs> Kittles was getting spelled. That was happening, and it didn't matter who you were playing. That was that was the the first man off the bench. Um, that is not how Steve Nash coaches. It doesn't seem. It seems like he is. You the starting lineup has been pretty malleable every i mean every part of the lineup has been a sort of abstract a, a jackson pollock painting of 
I don't know. I've, I've run out of. That was good. Analogies. No, I mean, <laughs> it's something there, right? Literally, I, I don't know where else, you know, Jack's that is, it is Jackson Pollock. I yeah. Mean. He's just feeling it out, you know? And I actually, you know, because we're winning, I like it. If we weren't winning, that would be a big problem. But um, so far, so good, you know? And, and if we get to the playoffs and that continues to be like, or if we get like, we, you know, we face some, some uphill battles and, you know, it seems to be because of matchup par- like problems or something like that. I don't know. I, I kind of trust him just to know, like to, to, to put in the right people at the right time right now. I have a lot of faith in Steve Nash's, you know, uh, in-game rotation adjustments as of, as present. I mean, again, we saw the bulls loss and that was like, you know, one of two losses or whatever in the last two months. Um, so the track record has been pretty good. Um, and he immediately, just as you're telling me right now, immediately assuaged my concerns by saying, I didn't like the one thing that everyone saw that they didn't like. <laughs> when was it ever been where Lionel Hollins or Kenny Atkinson or friggin' PJ Carlissimo was like, we shouldn't be playing Andre Blatch and Reggie Evans together for 45 minutes. That shouldn't happen. But that's what was happening back then. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. There is, there's just like an amazing, they're winning a bunch of games. So like, it's easy to, to do these things. It's easy to change roles and change starting lineups and give people minutes and take minutes away from people when you're winning. Um, it is rare though, to do that. I mean, the reason why coaches set have the, the Swiss army watch or the, the Swiss train, uh, <laughs> the Lucius Harris minutes are exact mm-hmm. is because players like that coaches like it and players like mm-hmm. it. they like consistency they like knowing where when they're going to be on the floor with who they're going to be on the floor they like that most people like consistency in their life the nets are completely inconsistent in a good way like you're saying it's like he just cmash just doesn't he will try something he will have a lineup out there like there was a weird there was like an alizé johnson blake griffin i think lamarcus aldridge was there too today Tonight in the in the Pelicans game, like when you're describing that like it's like a dream. I think Lamarcus Aldridge was there. Alice <laughs> Johnson showed up. Like they showed up and they had like the mall floaties and like they're like, "You want to get in the pool?" I was like, "Yeah, let's get in the pool." And then we we ate hoagies. Yeah, we just yeah. ate hoagies. It was it's amazing. Crazy. It's a crazy. And then we dream. talked about pork rolls and we said Taylor Ham or pork roll. We had that conversation and it was kind of weird. <laughs> um, Trenton, that's where you have to get them. Anyway, so yeah, I just. Th- you know, you and I, I think are the same in this way. We, we hate rigidity in, mm. in our coaches. Yes. You know, Lionel Holland's era as much as it was an era. That was a, ri- that was a rigid era. It was rigid. Mm. And, and um, you know, so like Nash is bringing, I just do wonder in the playoffs, you know, like what it, it, there's going to be a benefit to having a consistent rotation. And the Nets have so many, so much talent, so many guys who can contribute on the floor. Um, that they can have a pretty big bench in the playoffs. But if you just think about the minutes, if Katie Kyrie and Harden are all healthy, they're going to get 35 to 38 minutes a game in the playoffs. And then, you know, Joe Harris is probably going to get 32. And then you're basically left with like some Bruce Brown, 
some Lamarcus Aldridge, some play like it's like you're not there's just not that many more places to go mm-hmm. uh, for minutes distribution. And I just wonder what they're going to do with the big well, man rotation. If if they do tighten up that rotation, I feel pretty good about our depth in that situation. Like I feel good about our next man up carousel. <laughs> you know. Um, one last thing. Okay. Um, are the Nets going to win the championship? What do you think? Dude, I'm I see it. I'm feeling it. But really, what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to stay present. Like I'm just trying to, you know, feel all the feelings as they wash over me. Um. Yeah, you know that's that's my goal as I go into every game. Just try to really be focused and stay present. Um, have you looked at the NBA standings recently? Uh, I've dipped in and out. Yeah, I probably saw it yesterday morning. Maybe what? What's there? Um, right now, the Nets are still number one. They're half game above the 76ers. As we're recording this, I don't know if the 76ers are playing tonight, which could alter that or not. But the Nets are number one. Number one team in the East, the eighth and ninth seeds, because that would be the play-in <clears> potential. <throat> Knicks Pacers, eighth nine. I heard that the play-in got complicated, and that's all I like heard. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, do I want? Am I will Mike explain this to me? Do I need to actually go read about this? How complicated? It's so is it? easy. It's, it's is it complicated? No. Now, well, yeah, actually, I was about to explain. I'm like, oh, there's so many things I have to tell you. <laughs> uh, seven plays ten. Eight plays nine. Seven plays ten. Eight plays nine. The seven. Okay, so wait. So wait. First of all, season ends. Season ends for everybody else. Stops. Yeah. The schedule stops. So then, then, who's ever at seven? And then everyone's everyone's watching this. Like the playoffs haven't started. Like we're all just going to sit around and watch this playing tournament. We're all just we're all going to get together. Okay. It's going to be like League (laughs) of Legends. We're just all going to get together and watch watch this moment. Is that a thing? Is that a cool reference? Is that what the kids doing these days? Very cool. Incredibly. Thanks. Seven ten plays a game. If the seven seed wins the game, they move on. If they lose, they get to play another game against the 10. The 10 has to win two what? games. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. This, I'm already screwing this up. The, the seven and eight seeds just have to win one game. Okay. The nine and 10 seeds have to win two, two to games. move on. Okay. And, that's, and it. that's it. That's the whole, that's the whole tournament. It's a whole kitten caboodle, as mm. they say. Wow. This shame is- shame on your family if you're the seventh seed and you lose two straight to that 10th seed. Shame. That would be exciting. Do you consider that a playoff run? If you are the seventh seed and you lose in the play-in, are you considered a playoff team? Like, do you I get just, to say you were a playoff team? I wonder just like what, sorry, I'm just going to blow right past that Please. conversation. <laughs> I just, Please. I, I can't I, wait. Did you watch Kong v. Godzilla, by the way? Godzilla I v. Kong. I haven't checked in on that yet. It's so good. Is it? Um, yeah, it's awesome. I'm wondering how much of an effect that is. So if you're a seventh seed or an eighth seed who just, you know, eked out a, you lost that first game, then won your second game, you just played two games and then we're going right into the playoffs. Um, that's like two extra playoff games right before the first round, which you are playing your least favored matchup. It's like a pretty big advantage for that first and second seed. I feel like. Yeah. And that's why it would be a good, and particularly this year, it's really important to be a one or two seed because if you're the three seed, now I think so. How those standings are right now, and they're going to shuffle around before the season ends. The Nets are number one, Sixers number two, Bucks number three, Hawks the fourth seed, Hornets are five, and they are hobbling. They are the hobbling Hornets. Um, Miami Heat, who are also kind of hobbling too, they are six. So. You know, if you're the Nets, it is a competitive race. They've got three games up on the Bucks, who are the three seed. 
but you don't want to enter into you don't want to enter in the territory. I just don't want to be in heat territory, even though I'm the Celtics are a potentially semi scary team. They really just haven't been that good this year. Um, and the heat have been good and then the bad, um, but you just don't want to enter in a, you just don't want to face the heat in the first no, round. You just nah. don't really want to do that. After coming off the finals, you don't want that. Um, that's it. That's your show. Great. I think we did good. I mean, it got, it got a little hairy there for a second, but you know, we pulled it back like my feet. Nice. We didn't tie it together. Well done. Mike, do you think people, if they went to netsdaily.com, that they would find NBA content in the Nets realm plus our podcast? Yeah, they, they would find there'd be a, a bundle of content, really. It would be a and bundle. It's, it's sort of like a triple play that uh, Comcast could sell you. If they went to theathletic.com and they yeah, looked at bundle. our and they looked at our podcast, would they find it? Would they find it there and maybe join and get a subscription behind the paywall? Yeah. Yeah, so if you went to theathletic.com slash glue guys, you'd get this podcast ad free. So you don't have to hear me talk about the, God the ad stuff that I talk about, which I like talking about because no. I like reading ads. Um, but you also get, let me tell you one thing that just came out today on Wednesday. You're not a big NFL guy, are you? I know literally nothing about it. Okay, so the NFL draft is the end of this month. And Dane Brugler, who is the our, the the athletics NFL draft guru, big Dane Brugler. He came out with his uh, draft guide that is called the beast. It's 300 pages of pure NFL draft analysis. You get to learn things like what did Trevor Lawrence's mom do? You know, he would put that in there. Like she ran track at NC state. Not that I don't know that that's not what she did, but that's an example of, I think I mean, like do for a living, I mean, like do that yeah. is also in there. Yeah. That like what were they a college athlete is a big theme. Like their parents, you know, bloodlines. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Netflix. Good show. Um, anyways, Jeez, this is bad. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> So it's it's really great. And if you're an athletic subscriber, which you could be, you could just jump in. I think it's I don't know what the I don't know what the price point is right now, but if you go to that URL, theathletic.com slash glue guys, you're gonna get a special offer. Fair to say it's a heck of a price, right? Fair to say. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's as much as a box of Kleenex. If you at bought BK, a couple of glue box of Kleenex, yeah. At BK Glue Guys on Twitter. <laughs> discord invite in the bio join us for game time it pops off i don't need to you know it just pops right the heck off anyways mike thanks for joining me glad to be here maybe we'll see you next time who knows maybe this is the last time i ever see you that'd be a tragedy (laughs) that would be sad i'm sorry i put bad even saying that that's not how i feel bye mike love you godzilla v kong (laughs) it's really good don't worry about the don't worry about the the facts Okay, don't worry about the facts of the movie. Just watch the movie. Watch watch a big ape punch a big lizard. It's so much fun. You should watch it. It's a good I, st- I stopped recording on my end, but we can keep going if you want to. If you want to keep it going. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.